Welcome to another episode of Coffee and Conversations, where we look at the intersection of relationships, faith, and leadership. I am one of your co-hosts, Michael Clark. And I'm Christian Harden. We're so glad you joined us. Welcome back for another episode of Coffee and Conversations. Glad that you have joined us, and we are continuing our series um, on Advent. This is week two. Week two. So last week was love. If you haven't listened to it yet, uh, go ahead and hit pause right here and go back and get get week one. Even if you're like, oh, but I missed I missed week one. This is week two. That's okay. Go go listen to week one uh, where we kick off Advent reflecting on love, where we've experienced it and where we haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, definitely want to encourage you again as we now jump into, wait, what's what's this week? Yeah, it's uh, it's joy. Joy to the world. Joy to... I don't want to get copyright. <laughs> I'm going to stop there. Uh, yeah, joy, which is like, sometimes joy is put at the end, but I like putting it uh, before you get to peace because I think joy is, is a little bit different than what we think of happiness. Yeah. Um, you know, if it were watching and waiting, and I think in the waiting you should experience joy, but I don't think we always do experience joy. Yeah. So that's what's going to be fun today is as we talk about what exactly is joy, how have we experienced it from this last year, and and maybe where did we experience that experience it that we didn't expect? Yeah, because uh, I think that's where we oftentimes, as you were talking about it uh, before we hit record, um, where where joy follows um, the thread of our life, mm-hmm. and it's not always where we would typically look for it. Right, which is going to be fun. But last week we mentioned a couple of resources. Want to give you some new ones if you're like, hey, I, I don't really do Advent. You know, a lot of people don't. And uh, But we want to encourage you to let this be a season where you don't just hustle and bustle and barrel through and uh, look back and it's January 2nd and you're like, oh my goodness, it's already, it's over. Yeah. Um, I want you to hit pause on a lot of things in your life. Slow down if you can. Um, if it's not your schedule in the day, like even if you could take some time in the morning intentionally and in the evening and um, just just be able to breathe deeper and actually think about what this season is, is really about. And um, so we mentioned Jim Branch's book, Watch and Wait. You can go on Amazon and find that. It's a great resource. Uh, we've given that to so many folks. And then, of course, you can even go on a Bible app. You can download the Bible app mm-hmm. uh, on your phone. You can do a search for a plan for Advent. And uh, they'll have so many on there as well that you can do that some of them are weekly, some of them are going to be daily through this season. And then one that, that Christian and a lot of our staff have jumped into this year is called Lectio 365, yeah. um, another app that you can download in the stores on your phone and really encourage you to do that this season as well. It will help you kind of posture your heart to just slow down, to reflect, right. and it'll be fun. Yeah. I didn't use it last year during Advent, but I have a feeling that it'll definitely have... Uh, Advent themes this year, just based off of yeah. what I've experienced thus far. That'll be so good. But so tell us a little bit. So joy, how, how do you how do you define this? What's yeah. Uh, so if you picture in your head right now, Michael and our listeners, kind of like a roller coaster of up and down, where your happiness is, and this is this is kind of happiness. So picture your, your happiness roller coaster. So you're going up, and that's like tons of happiness, and you're coming down, and that's like sadness or like not happiness. Yeah. Uh, and so that is happiness. It comes and goes, it comes and goes, it comes and goes. But but joy technically is defined by the thread that goes through all of that. And it is not, <clears throat> it's not dependent on circumstance. It's not dependent mm-hmm. on what's going on in your life. You know, it's like 
you <clears throat> it's cliche but you hear the choose joy well what is choosing joy it's yeah you know, it's like well it's, <laughs> it's choosing god uh in the midst of your happiness and your sadness but i mm. feel like so often we only experience like we when we think of joy we think of like like the Christmas morning presents come down, like you're coming down to check out your presents. Like I think a lot of like childhood memories of joy and, and, and those are split seconds of like, Oh, I do feel like something that isn't happiness. Cause like life at home is like mm. kind of chaotic, but what, what is this feeling that I'm feeling um, of this, this excitement? Um, and so it can kind of be described or, or painted in a picture of that. But I, but I think we feel joy, um, oftentimes in the midst when that roller coaster is down mm. and it intersects that thread kind of a little bit. Um, it's not, it's, and we can feel it in the happiness, but I think we don't think about necessarily like, Oh, where's God at in the midst of, you know, when we're, when we're happy yeah. and things are yeah. good, it's usually when things are it's difficulty difficult that, we question it. that we're like, mm, where is God in this? And yeah. then it's like, we're going to God in the moments and that is where joy comes in. Yeah. And typically, though, we are already approaching him with blame. Right. And so we've like, it's it's a rhetorical question. Yeah. You know, for us. And so we've already answered it for him. Yeah. Even though he maybe wants to meet us. Right. Uh, with joy. And, and I think about some of the things that really um, want to kind of stifle and snuff out joy in our lives. And uh, there's so many things, but I think I think a big part of it is not, it is riding that emotional roller coaster. Just that alone. Um, there's, I remember, you know, just kind of studying some of the things about our emotions and how psychologists were even saying that, you know, the, the good times we know are going to come to an end, Mm -hmm. but when we get to those tough, difficult seasons, the low times in our life, we're like, we begin to play the record over and over that this will never end. Right. And, and you're exactly right. Like the, there's an ebb and flow to all of life that will, that will never change on this side of eternity. And it's finding the, the the maintaining of of reflecting and finding God's joy in the midst of the ups and the downs yeah. that are bound to happen yeah that will always happen right um, and I think about some some for my kids as I as I reflect on joy um, what keeps them from experiencing consistent positive emotions as they reflect and uh, one of them is anxiety and fear mm. so it's a, a lot of things that may never happen yeah or worst case scenarios. And, um, you know, for my son, he really struggles with that. And so he tends to not experience joy and sometimes says that he's not feeling anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think sometimes when we're, we're afraid to reflect in the moment, I gave him an assignment last week before I left the house. <laughs> um, I said, okay, your assignment today from me, you know, I know mom's your homeschool teacher, but for me is, and I gave it to then to my daughter as well. I said, I want you to, to write down 10 things that you're thankful for, hmm. 10 things. So I was asking him to find joy right. in his life right? Uh, because I know that's a struggle for him. Right. So sometimes when that's a struggle for us, we have to put practices in place. Yeah. Um, and he said that was the hardest assignment for him that day. Hmm. He said that was the hardest assignment. Did he, did he finish it? He did. And I have, I have the note because he took it on his phone. Uh, he shared it with me, uh, his, his Apple note. And it was, I thought it was really neat to see what he was thankful for. And my right. daughter did as well. That's cool. Um, he's and, a pretty quiet individual, mm-hmm. so you don't always know what he's thankful for. And that's, that's what was so good about it. Um, and so I, I, I do. I look at what he reflected on and some were traditions 
Um, some were things that have become mm-hmm. like consistent. Some are like annual traditions, yeah. Christmas Eve, you know, what we do. Some are just Wednesday nights with mom when dad's taking the older kid to the youth group and sure. he gets to sit and do that different things. And so it just, it was these consistencies in his life, Friday pizza movie night. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, solving the Rubik's Cube this year. He was super excited. Yeah. Like, and so I'm like, yeah, these, but these are things that he just needed to reflect on. Oh, he gave you 11? Well, I put dad at the end <laughs> just for fun. He shared the note with me and I could edit it. So Sure, sure, sure. I said, oh, dad. Oh, I'm so glad you said the best That's funny. But <laughs> yeah, that's super cool. That's a good practice. Um, even hearing about that, I'm like, you know, doing that for Penny one day. It's so easy, especially at his age when I can reflect back. I'm a little bit closer there than you are of just like, you don't really like so much in this, you know, so much going on in the world and things. And especially I didn't think I struggled with anxiety, but there were other stuff that I just never stopped and thought at that age of like, what am I thankful for? Now I look back and I can see where parts that I was thankful for, but it's, you know, props to you of like making your, uh, your like, almost teenagers doing that. Um, I guess you do have a teenager at one, but yeah, that's super cool. Um, yeah, for me, and it is tradition, you know, so much of his list came on tradition. Cause I think that is like, it is a constant, it's a reliable. And I think traditions are made to reflect, um, God's like, I don't mean to say God's love, but God's presence with us, like, tradition it, like he he's always there and i think so often we forget about that in the midst of things uh and and so for me one of the practices i've been doing uh especially on thursdays but um which is when we hang out with our youth but i'm trying to do a, a midday prayer or just recentering um which is like allows me to like figure out like okay it's not morning it's not evening but it's like okay things are slow in the office or I go for a walk, I just recenter back on like God. Um, and especially on Thursdays, it, it is like really changed the, the dynamic for me going into a Thursday of like, I don't feel exhausted. I don't feel tired. I don't feel like all these other things I can make excuses of like why Thursday might not go well. Instead, I'm like, I'm excited to see like our rough and rowdy kids. I'm excited mm-hmm. to see the more quiet, um, like soft-spoken kid. Like it's all of them that I'm like, okay, like, I'm going to be an instrument, uh, a vessel of God's love tonight. How am I going to do that if I don't recenter on like this? Um, and that is where I've seen joy or felt joy is through those like kind of recentering um, or going into my Thursday evening. So that's, that's like a consistent, like I, I I'm very joyful um, and it's not happy because I'm not always happy on a Thursday, but I feel joy yeah. seeing kids, yeah. um, seeing kids just like love each other uh, and get a space and it's safe and, yeah. and they're experiencing, uh, God's love, whether they want to, or they know it, or, or they, you know, all the above, uh, they want to run it or they don't want to participate. It's like the opportunity is there for them, uh, to experience. Um, but I do know that, um, the reason why I can feel joy is because I have suffered. Uh, and the reason why we, uh, experience joy is because we know what suffering feels like uh, and we know the heartbreak and what it's what it is like to feel loss um, and so like the biggest thing that I've asked is like how have I felt joy or how um, have I seen others feel joy during you know since October it has kind of felt like mm. things have like been fuzzy and gray yeah, it's been heavy um, 
since we did uh, lose one of our students. Um, and so um, the joy in that has been um, with others, um, with the staff, with the kids. Um, it's seeing them, it's hugging them, it's loving them, it's seeing some of them in a good place um, of willing to yeah. um, willing to process and not numb and self-medicate with drugs and relationships and all these other things that they could use. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've seen the constant threat of just our staff caring for each other well, uh, or the constant threat of joy of just like, I'm looking back and like, we were there for these kids. Yeah. Um, and, and we weren't like what we were sharing and preaching was, you know, God's truth and not good vibes or, yeah. uh, should have done this, should have done this. It was like, when it's, it's like, if it's done, there's, there's no good in that. Yeah. Like where God's joy is in God and the presence of God. And yeah. how do we, how do we get there? I think one of the greatest enemies of joy is discontentment. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you know, so much of attached to joy is being content with where <clears throat> God has you. Yeah. Um, because that, that bar none again, fights the ebbs and flows of the highs and lows. And Paul, Paul expresses it this way as he's writing to the Philippians that, hey, I've learned this secret. I've learned this secret to contentment. And everybody quotes the verse about, um, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, they've got him tattooed. You see it on the guy at the work, you know, at the, as I can he's lift, working out. Yeah, I can lift these heavy weights. God's strength is, is pushing 500 pounds above my head. And it literally has to do with uh, plenty and lack, trusting God. Yeah. That I've learned the secret of contentment. And that's where we find that thread of joy so so thick in our life um, that, you know what, I've, I've learned to trust. And I think one of the greatest practices, we were talking about gratitude um, and, and what I had my children do, but this develops humility in us as a spiritual practice where we begin to recognize the gifts. Look at what, if it's other people, if it's things or circumstances or uh, just the blessings, like gratitude, as we begin to practice gratitude, it begins to develop like, wow, look at all these things that I didn't do for myself. Because oftentimes we think that we can be, you know, uh, self-sustained, you know, and I've got to change it or we're not happy because we feel like we need to do something different. Yeah. And so we can't recognize joy. But when we're grateful, we're like, we find that contentment. And we can truly rest in it with where he has us, both in the peaks and in yeah. the valleys. Um, and I think that there's that, that's, that thread has got to be attached to all that. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned humility. I mean, that's been the uh, the Greek translation or the Hebrew, tra- it's the Hebrew translation of, of humility, which was shared during kind of when, uh, before you left for the beach trip, which was like a week removed from when everything stopped. Uh, was uh, Dana, um, and if you're listening, she's gonna probably laugh at this because I feel like I've like said the word a lot lately. I've just, but it has been like uh, something that has like spoken to me so much is like the Hebrew translation of humility or humble is uh, uh, anava, uh, which uh, literally translates uh, or the definition of that is like um, to not overestimate or underestimate yourself. Uh, where God has you, but be, but be in the middle. Like, it's like, you're not going to do more than, and you're not going to do less than, but you're going to do 
where like you're gonna you're comfortable with where you are to occupy your god-given space to occupy your god-given space Um, and so not taking more from others and not doing less than but uh, like occupying that space is like true humility in like the hebrew translation and we see so much of that in jesus so good um you know the whole gospels are just he's occupying his truly god-given space yeah uh, and others around him feel joy yeah you know not because it's like true like afterwards they can look back and see like oh, i felt joy because that's when yeah. I was, that's when everything made sense and you you talked about how uh this was attached in your conversations with our teenagers our youth that we work with uh to suffering and the scripture if for those that are listening always attach um the glory to come this this thread of joy um, where Jesus would endure a cross, scorn its shame, yeah, because of joy that was set before him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's Romans eight where even creation is groaning out for the full representation of the children of God. So for us to experience God in His fullness, um, there is something that we identify with Him in His suffering, so that we can also understand the the resurrection and life and joy to come. Yeah. Um, so how did how did you guys t- uh, talk to teenagers today about understanding joy even in the suffering well we uh intentionally put it after our three weeks of suffering we did a week of joy because uh, we i don't want to say like hounded home suffering but it was so true and so real uh like <laughs> when we made this in the summer like we had no idea that we were actually going to be suffering when we talked about suffering mm. uh and that hurts like that's like what the heck god like <laughs> what are you doing mm. Um, and then coming out of it into like a time that you're supposed to fake a smile. You're supposed to be happy at this time Mm. of year, but it's like telling them, giving them the space of like, like, don't like, don't fake happiness to present joy. Like you Mm. will come to a place where you will look back and you will know, like, this was a joyful moment despite the suffering we feel because of God, like God's presence if you're not choosing God, you may not feel joy. And yeah. so it was really posturing of like, what are we feeling our space with? What are we feeling our time with uh, in the midst of like this, like the suffering we're feeling? Like we're still addressing that like, hey, we're in a season of suffering. It's okay that we suffer. It's like it was created. Loss happens and we what we love and we lose, we therefore suffer. And so like um, it wasn't hiding those things. It wasn't keeping them away from the truth of that we did lose something and we lose something a lot. Like these kids have lost a lot in the last two years. Yeah. Um, a lot of friends. And so this was just kind of like another, another cherry on top of, of, of loss and which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but it's getting them, it was getting them to a place of if accepting, okay, I am suffering. Like I'm, I'm not like, but, but choosing God. So, what I oftentimes hear when you, at the beginning, you're like, I know you hear the cliche, choose joy. And I remember it's it's become like a, a running joke in my house because um, we served at a church where that was like kind of like the mantra, choose joy. But to us, it meant live in denial. Yeah. And we're like, no, no, you can't live in denial. But ch- But that phrase, choosing joy, even though the way that we heard it in the context it was applied 
really was about living in denial and not addressing issues and having hard conversations and recognizing that there is pain and that healing is necessary. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's a lot of how I heard choose joy. And I imagine there's a lot of listeners right now. They're like, Oh yeah, I've been burnt out on that phrase. Right. Like, that one's, that one's totally toasted me before. Right. Um, but that's not at all what the, the practice of joy yeah. means. It's not yeah. living in denial. It's in the face of, yeah. it's with full recognition yeah. That even from ashes, there can come beauty. Right. That even after morning, joy comes in the morning. Right. And um, so I, I think it's it's one of those things for me that it's like, okay, I'm going to have to unlearn some things. Right. You do have to, to change the way you, you, you know, you have to put on a set, set of different glasses, get a new prescription entirely. Like, I don't know what you need to do, but yeah. it's, it is, yeah, it's, it's, it's acknowledging, it's becoming aware, it's moving into the difficulty. When you move into the difficulties, when you, I think you see that thread or you see Jesus more clearer, yeah. which allows you to feel joy and, and kind of rock bottom. Yeah. And I think a lot of our kids are realizing that this month, like we've had a few that have accepted and have come out and said, yeah. hey, I'm not doing well. And and I've seen one in particular, this girl, like, like she's like, things aren't going well like getting kicked out of their place, mm-hmm. like losing a friend, changing the schools again. Like, but yeah, I, I hug her and she's like at home when I deliver this Thanksgiving basket and she's so, she seems like so smiley and she's telling like me, like I'm not initiating, like I love you. She's like, I love you, Mr. Christian. Or, and Tion's yeah. with me. He's like, I love you, Tion. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't expect that. Something's going on. I didn't expect that because yeah. usually, like this girl during rock bottom is like aggressive and angry, and yeah. there was no, I cannot sense anger in, in this girl at all. Mm. And and made me really like I, I felt happiness, but uh, I felt I felt joy in knowing that I'm like okay, not like not all our time was wasted this semester. Like if one gets it, if two get it, yeah. If more get it than one, then amazing. Yeah. But but um. But yeah, I could sense there was some joy and like this hard moment she was feeling joy. Yeah. She was feeling thankfulness of like despite the situation that she had people that loved her. Yeah. It's great to experience in community as we had mentioned last week. Yeah. Um and I think it, I think it's almost due. I don't want to uh, harp on more here than we want people to hear, but uh, to recognize not live in denial. Um it's okay to say it's not okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay to say it's not well with my soul, but to still have the faith and the trust to say, but God, he can make all things well. Right. It is well because of him. And we heard that recently at a conference that was just, you know, blew us away. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's what we hope this week of reflecting on God's joy can be for you. And maybe this is something you're like, you know what? The Lord maybe wants to do in this next year. Yeah. Even is how am I going to reflect on joy regardless of the peaks and pits of life that are bound to come? But how do I enter into that place of great contentment and trust and not anxiety and not anger and not lashing out and not trying to control and not all the things that we do right. because I hurry, but I can slow down and I, and I can trust him mm-hmm. through it all. So joy. Joy. Move into it. That's awesome. So hope you've also enjoyed some of these resources. Again, go to Amazon, look up Jim Branch, Watch and Wait. Great uh, textbook opportunity to follow it. But maybe you just want to use your phone, uh, get on that Bible app, as we mentioned at the beginning, uh, search Advent, and then we're, we're encouraging you, Lectio 365. Um, it's a true uh, led 
app of reflection. And uh, I think it'll be really fruitful for you. Uh, we've got a candle burning in here right now as we're recording this. Maybe that's what you need to do: set the mood, set the scene, set the uh, you know the the setting to be able to just kind of slow to reflect. Whatever that looks like for you, um, we want you to do. We hope it in, in, it also includes coffee. Yes, because uh, this is coffee and conversation. It is coffee and conversation. So let's so, not forget that. That's right. So until next time, let's choose joy.